Welcome to the Everyday Lions podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lyons. Uh, on Monday, I had my training group uh, turn up in a wet and bitterly cold night. It was probably one of the first real winter days that we've had, and they did some 200s, some 300s, and some 400s off jog recovery. Uh, just to like to say well done to those guys who turn up, and it's one of those sessions that you do and before starting you don't actually want to be out there but when you have completed the session you do feel so much better and I'm sure that those runners will uh, get the benefit from that in a few weeks time so well done guys right now Everyday Lions offers some 10 week training programs that include entry to the Ross Marathon and these are only $100 then they're only going to this Sunday coming up so Sunday the 11th of August you have to purchase one of these programs uh, don't be stupid and jump on board if you don't grab one of these programs please check out the Ross Marathon running festival it's the only thing that's going on at the moment I think Launceston 10 might be the other thing uh, but yeah check it out Tracy and her team would love to see you there uh, great fun run and uh, organised uh, so well uh, I'm just I'm just personally so grateful that we are not Victoria at the moment because you can only get out for an hour exercise a day and I know me personally if I was still running uh, yeah you just you know you want to run more than that and sometimes uh, you're required to run a little bit more than that so um, I'm just praying for Victoria and, and hopefully they can get through this in a really quick manner and they can get back to doing what they love to do because we all know if we can't do what we love to do it's not a very nice feeling we also have visors for sale and these will be perfect for the spring and summer coming up and will take about four weeks to arrive I'll be making the order for these in a few days they are only $25 and would be the perfect complement to go along with an Everyday Lions online running singlet or t-shirt. Ah, I've got a few runners I coach and it's been pretty frustrating to watch the injuries that they have at the moment. A couple were freak injuries, uh, a couple couple rolled their, their ankles actually. And um, But the main thing, these guys haven't given up. And they've been doing the cross training, so getting on the bike, been doing the pool running, and I'm really proud to see that they're not giving up. And when they can run, they'll be ahead of the game if they hadn't done anything. So good luck to those guys, and I'm pretty sure they'll be grateful that they did do that when they are ready to run. Uh, Locally, Soulmate still has a lot of runs going on, Um, so... For example, on a Wednesday night, you can go and check out uh, Bector Groot's run with Runforia, uh, a lovely group of people, and I'm sure Beck would love to see you there. And on a Friday, they have the Friday Fresh Run based in Olveston, and I know Darlene would love to see your smiling face there. And you can catch up for a coffee after that run as well. I've done that a few times, and uh, it's a great, great little run. And the new one that's come to the scene is in Alberston, uh, run by F&F at 8am on a Sunday morning. And you start at uh, Button, Buttons Brewery, and it's for 5Ks. And yeah, I think last week they got 40 runners. So that's slowly growing, which is great. And I know that they would love to see you. They're a good bunch of people who run that. 
So go and check that new one out. All right, to this week's guest. This week's guest is Steve Oliver. I've known Steve for about 20 years, I reckon. Uh, A few listeners might be familiar with Steve. He used to run the Tully Sports Store in Devonport that then changed to Oliver's Performance Sport and Cycle after his name. Uh, Steve was great at this job and I always enjoyed our conversations and he was uh, so informative on, on running and triathlon and cycling and I just loved going into the store and having a chat really. Uh, yeah, Steve himself was a really good runner having run low 15 minutes for 5k and low 70 minutes for the half marathon. Uh, I think one of my my greatest memories of Steve is that we used to go on a few long runs together out at Baker's Beach and the reward after the run was to have some bacon and eggs and the fry up was so good after you'd run 20 to 25k and he yeah it just made the run and just the conversation and the banter and just a really really nice guy Steve he's also a successful triathlete uh, having finished fourth in the world age group titles in the triathlon and also done many many Ironman in some really respectable times I learned some new things about Steve he no longer lives in Devonport. He lives in country Victoria now, but we chat all about this and more. Uh, Steve's a great guy and uh, he has some great stories. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. If you did, please reach out to Steve. I've been Brian Lyons. This is the Everyday Lions podcast and here's Steve. Happy running. Today's guest is Steve Oliver. Some of you may know Steve from Oliver's Performance Sport and Cycle Sports Shop in Devonport oh, probably about a decade ago now, and he's a very successful triathlete and uh, a very, very good runner. Are you there, Steve? Yeah, hi, Brian. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. A uh, bit cold over here in Ballarat, but that's about par for the course for this time of year. Right. Uh, yeah, have you got out for a bit of a ride or a cycle or a swim today? Uh, I had a uh, ride on the bike uh, this morning. Yeah, I got out for about 30k. Um, I did a bit uh, last week and legs are just a bit tight and sore, so I just took it a bit easier today through the bush. Yep, great. Uh, only had an operation, haven't you? Did you did you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that first, actually? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, after experiencing uh, pretty good health over the years, uh, you know, predominantly, I um, I started having a little bit of lower back issues uh, and just wasn't enjoying my running or my bike riding. Um, it was uh, quite laborious, if you like to call it that. I uh, just couldn't get comfortable, basically. So um, in conjunction with my physio and GP, they sent me off for a um, MRI trying to get to the bottom. You know, I had quite a few goes at the physio uh, and I'd sort of get some relief initially and then a couple of days later, uh, either after training again or just relapse, um, 
you know, just felt tight, sore in the uh, sacrum or lower back area. Um, so I, uh, I finished up um, yeah, going for the MRI. That was about August, I guess, last year. And uh, from the MRI uh, results, I had to um, go and see the GP, organise CT scans. Um, the MRI brought up that the L5S1 was quite inflamed and angry. So that was okay. the uh, thought that the, you know, the uh, pain was coming from mostly there. But the radiologist identified that um, there was also some underlying uh, urgent uh, problems with my iliac arteries. So if you're not up with the, what's known, but it's heart, aorta, then branching out into your lower organs, so your iliac arteries feed your, your legs and your lower organs. So um, I had a couple wow. of big blown out um, aneurysms that um, you know, the doctor identified as probably uh, a ticking time bomb. Very scary. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yes, you, you realise uh, that you're not bulletproof. So uh, I thought I'd better go and uh, get this looked at. So they sent me off for further CT scans, which identified, um, you know, they put the dye through you sort of thing. So okay. uh, I identified the size of my, art, uh, my um, iliac arteries. Should have been about 15 mil is uh, between 13 to 17 average. And... Um, one of the branches had actually blown out over 60 mil, so more than four times the size. And the other one wasn't far behind, it was in the late 50s. So, uh, yeah, um, well. yeah, so from there, I guess, um, off to the uh, surgeon. And uh, we set a date, he thought it was going to be in late October, but uh, I told him that um, my two sons, Matt and Andy, who you know, um, uh, they bought me tickets to uh, U2 concert, uh, which was in um, mid-November, about the 15th, I think it was. And uh, the doctor said, oh, no, you can't miss out on the U2 concert. He said, that's a once-in-a-lifetime. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, Andy and I uh, went off to U2, and then the following week I was uh, in the hospital for surgery. So, uh, Wow. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's, that's all happened recently. And... Your exercise has been impacted from this, but I'm going to start way back from the beginning. Yep. Did you actually get into the running and cycling and swimming and everything that you do? Okay. Um, well, I guess uh, like a lot of people, I, I enjoyed athletics uh, at school and I represented some Pats up in Launceston uh, where I went to school, um, generally at middle distance and um, did quite well in the cross country. Um, I, mean, I think I won one, one year, under-14s, I think I won the cross-country, but it was usually in the first two or three in the cross-country. That was uh, yeah. sort of, I always had reasonable endurance. Uh, yeah. Represented them, uh, as I said, in 800s and 1500s and the 5,000 uh, later on in the age groups. Um, went into a bit of a lull after school. I um, worked in Western Australia for a year. Played a bit of footy when I came back with uh, one of the Tamer Valley teams, Beauty Point. Um, played uh, in the back back pocket, uh, well-renowned back pocket player uh, for Beauty Point. Uh, <laughs> wasn't much flair with my football uh, 
Brian, I don't think I'd get a kick with the D's <laughs> or uh, that my favourite blues. But, Me either, uh, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, yeah, I uh, I was starting to uh, think about um, I was working shift work and a lot of people were getting paid to play footy and I, I asked the question because I was losing money by uh, giving up my um, shift penalties uh, at Tempio, the BHP plant over at Bell Bay. So yeah. I asked, you know, is there any chance I could be uh, compensated for, you know, blowing my uh, double uh, time shifts and that to play football? And they said, no, nah, no, we can't do that. We're already paying these blokes to come down. And I thought, well, they're no better, no better than me. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I uh, finished up, I thought, oh, I might as well go umpiring. So I, I got talked into umpiring, uh, which I enjoyed, got paid for and met up with a you know, a few runners. Um, as I said, I was working over at Tempco and a bit of a lunchtime um, when I started working in the pay office after finishing shift work. Um, a bloke called Owen Gill, I don't know if you remember, Owen was uh, a reasonable sort of track athlete and used to run uh, on the road for LAC. Uh, okay. But Owen was an electrician or an instrument electrician at uh, Tempco. So yeah. uh, two or three of us used to meet up at lunchtime. We'd be straight into our running gear and out the gate uh, at Tempo right. and down the, down the side road uh, and down to the wharf and back up the hill. Uh, we used to get 5K in every lunchtime and have a quick shower and back to, back to work again. So uh, that was yeah, my introduction wow. to uh, um, athletics again, I guess. And uh, I um, got really keen and Owen talked me into running a bit of track. Um, and... Um, I was introduced at umpiring to uh, a bloke called Bill Collinson. Uh, Bill used to be the masseuse and uh, one of the coaches of the, the runners at, um, at Launceston. So uh, he talked me into running a bit of track and sort of uh, went on there for a few seasons, uh, running track athletics. And I went to uh, stall a few times. And uh, whilst I didn't yeah. have any great success, I... Uh, Certainly enjoyed the trip away at the end of the season. It's usually at Easter, or it's always at Easter. Right. Um, and stall trip and um, met up with blokes like Viv Woodward, uh, Lee Taylor, Wayne Byron, um, blokes that uh, you know were quite good distance runners, but they also yeah. uh, doubled up on the track and were quite uh, quite good at their uh, track athletics, you know, because mm -hmm. of their leg speed. But um, yeah. they uh, they encouraged me, I guess, to uh, come down and have a go at the Either the LAC, Wayne Byron and Dave Quarrell were um, quite good backmark runners uh, for Launceston Athletic Club at the time. And obviously, uh, Viv and Lee, uh, I think you've probably had a few people talk about um, the impact yeah. of those guys. You were during a really a really good era during the 80s and 90s, if people aren't aware in Denver, there's some really good runners at the time. Can you tell the listeners your PBs to start off with? And if you did a little bit of training with these guys as well. Yeah, um, well, certainly Viv and Lee, I was still working at uh, Tempco at Bell Bay and uh, I used to enjoy, I'd, I'd uh, start work early and so that I could knock off early. By uh, half past two, I'd be out the door at, uh, at Tempco from the pay office. Perfect. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and I used to drive, I used to drive from Bell Bay to Devonport to train with blokes like Viv and Lee down at the Devonport Oval. Yeah. Um, other fellas, Mick Higginson, uh, Jeff Fairbrother, rest in peace for old Jeff. Uh, yeah. but those blokes had a good uh, crew 
that used to train on beautiful surface, you know, with the Devonport Ovals, like uh, especially leading up to Christmas sort of thing, the Oval was Unreal. in uh, top, you know, top notch order. Um, and um, I also used to go uh, during the winter, I'd, um, as well as umpire training up in Launceston, I'd, I'd uh, back up at least one other night and train with Wayne Byron and uh, Dave Quarrell up in Launceston. The Gillard brothers were about at the time as well. They would have so been very young though, wouldn't they? Sorry? They would have been quite pretty young as well. Yeah, they? they were young, but Robbie, um, Robbie would be getting on a bit now. I reckon Robbie would be 50, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, but um, they were, um, yeah, they were certainly young, but uh, Wayne, Wayne and uh, Dave Quarrell were a bit older than me, but they, uh, they were blokes that just kept on plugging yeah. away. Uh, they were good, solid runners and uh, good work and you, as far as their training goes. Yeah, and do you think that this this era that you had, it was just a matter of you guys were pushing each other so the results came? Like, you could almost take a rep each in training, couldn't you? Yeah, um, certainly Viv and Lee with their leg speed and also their endurance, uh, they were sort of uh, cut above uh, the rest of us, I guess. Trevor Keating was running quite well at the time. Trevor yeah. ran into a bit of injury, injury troubles, but there was other blokes, uh, Leon uh, Saltmarsh, Leon was, um, he was not quite the endurance, but certainly the leg speed, he could run. Stan Bailey. Um, yeah, Stan, right. Yeah, Stan was uh, elite. 800 metre runner for uh, Australia there at one stage. So he won an Australian 800 metre championship, I think, in about 146. Yeah. Uh, I think he's won, I think he ran 147 in the North Launceston Oval, which is still unofficial grass Australian record. Something stupid like that. Yeah, on, on the old York Park, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, and I had a couple of years that I was um, probably running my best as far as track goes and it also related later on in the season to the changeover of the road um stan was doing my program and uh he was um fastidious as far as it wasn't you know 400 meter repeats and i'm i mean repeats so you know <laughs> there was not you know, some nights it was 20 400s and you had to try and hit the 62 63 second mark and uh, <laughs> and back up quite you know and um, that's when I ran my best when I was doing that sort of rep work. So yeah, so you really flourish from the high high intensity, but endurance as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and um, sorry, mate, you you go. Yeah, yeah. So did you want to tell the listeners how fast you are and what your PBs are as well, so they have an idea? Uh, well, I probably ran my quickest towards my late twenties, early thirties um, of age, and. Um, when when Stan was coaching me, I ran uh, 5K in the Vets Championships down in Hobart, uh, 15.06. And I was pretty close to that sort of time a few times on the road. But, you, you know, the, the road was never, uh, well, they, they measured it with a wheel, but uh, how accurate that wheel was, uh, you're not sure. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously a lot more uh, technical nowadays with GPS and that to, yeah. uh, to, uh, to measure it. But... Um, 5k on the tracks, 5k on the track. So uh, absolutely, yeah, 15.06 for that. Uh, the yeah. same year they had the 10k championship at Leonard's a couple of weeks earlier, and I ran uh, 31.28. But uh, don't recommend 10k on the track to uh, unless you're uh, a Bibi Bakula or uh, Hale <laughs> Gary Celesi. I certainly didn't have a smile on my face at the finish like Hale usually had. So. Yeah. 
I've um, done one. I've done one ten k in my life, and I'll never do it again, mate. I hated it. Yeah, it's pretty uh, monotonous. Uh, yeah, he seemed to enjoy all his ten k runs with a big yeah. smile, <laughs> especially the last lap. Half his luck. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 3K, I did at Penguins, I think it was a similar year, 8.42. I, uh, yeah. uh, it was just a track, a track meet uh, or a club meet, inter club meet down there. And Martin Murray was running. And Martin was always a bit quicker than me, but I managed to hang on to him until probably the last 200. He, uh, he dropped me a little bit. But I think Martin ran about 8.37, 8.38 that day. And I uh, plugged away and got 8.42. So... Uh, Good pretty, solid time. Good, really. Yeah, good pretty, time. I was pretty yeah. happy with that. Um, Scottsdale to um, Scottsdale to Bridport half marathon with the Launceston Athletic Club. It's uh, it was a pretty popular run. Whilst again, it's open to uh, discretion as far as far as the times as well as the. I'm not sure about whether it was ever accurately measured, but um, it was from the Edgel, the old Edgel factory gates at Scottsdale uh, or McCain's as it is now. I think. And you finished uh, just above the um, Civic Centre in uh, Bridport, just outside the Bridport uh, pub or just above the, uh, the oval, footy oval, or one of the footy ovals there, the, the one down by the sea there. And it dropped, I think, something like 380 or 400, close to 400 metres, it dropped from Scottsdale out to Bridport. So yep. especially the first 10K, you could run a pretty quick 10K early and just try and hang on because... Uh, the first 10 was slightly downhill all the way. So uh, I ran 70 uh, minutes and 10 seconds um, for that and uh, couldn't get anywhere near the, the, the leaders though because it's a handicap race. But uh, I think I finished third and uh, I was pretty spent. They pulled me out of the bushes. I, uh, you know, some days you, you give it everything and uh, yeah, I was gaga at the finish and uh, I think I just fell ass over it and, uh, and uh, yeah. yeah, I was... Uh, 70 minutes and 10, so I was pretty happy with that. Um, I've only, um, I had one start in the Melbourne Marathon. That was my uh, 1988, the old bicentennial one. I went to a wedding the night before in, uh, or the afternoon before in Seymour. I drove from Seymour down to um, near Frankston because the start was at Frankston through to St Kilda to the Arts Centre um, back in those days. And um, Seaford, I stayed at Seaford. At a friend's place, I got two hours sleep and then uh, up and about and I ran 2.43. So uh, I was hoping for about a 2.38. But, uh, I had a bit of a walk uh, coming through uh, Fitzroy Street, St Kilda. Uh, yeah. I was looking a bit shabby there at one stage, but I uh, got to a drink station and uh, kicked on for the 2.43. So that was my best marathon effort. Yeah, great. There's some awesome sets of PVs. I think the one that stands out for me is the 3K. I think that's the best one out of the lot, if you ask me. Yep. Yeah. Do you, do you think that as well? Or? Oh, I was certainly, it was, I was running well and I knew Martin uh, was always a good solid uh, benchmark. Uh, Martin ran well for, for years. He was not a lot of top end speed, but he just had great endurance and he'd, um, he could hang on. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I was pretty happy with eight forty-two. Great, and you. So you were doing the running first, and what was your introduction into triathlon? Did you want to explain that a little bit? Yeah, well, I guess uh, as far as the triathlon introduction, it was uh, a change in um, circumstances for me. I uh, worked for ten years at Tempco at Bell Bay, and during that time, I was running both Launceston Athletic Club 
as well as the uh, Coastal Cross Country Club, PCCT. So I've been going for a few years with both of those clubs and I started getting, no one really had uh, stocks of decent racing shoes and I got friendly uh, with Neil Sargison and uh, Rick Mills who ran the Tallow shop back in the Liverpool Street days. Um, Neil was a state marathon champion and Rick was a keen triathlete and um, yeah, got, got to know those fellas and uh, they knew that I was going along to running clubs so they sent me off with a box of uh, racing shoes and uh, uh, that, uh, yeah, because no one, uh, you know, back in the old days, uh, Paddy Martin used to sell uh, Adidas Oregons and that was about it. And uh, oh. I think Thorpey at Bernie, um, he had a little bit more to offer, but uh, anyway, so I used to turn up with a box full of uh, racing shoes and uh, in various sizes and used to get a few sales and it sort of blossomed from that. And Neil asked me if I wanted to um, think about opening a store in the north of the state, either in Launceston or uh, Devonport or Bernie. And I thought, well, Devonport's probably um, the ideal spot because there was really only uh, Paddy and uh, there was, a, I think there might have been a sports power store, which was pre-Kevin Wise. And I think it was, it was struggling anyway. So uh, I thought that's probably the best opportunity. And so our first three years, we operated as Tallows in um, Stewart Street, um, next to Stallard's Camera House, for those uh, Devonport people who would remember. And then um, I, my wife then, Jude, uh, my ex-wife, um, so uh, we moved the store around to the mall and we began trading as Oliver's uh, performance sport uh, around there and later on sold some cycles as well for a while. So, yeah. um, but that, that was sort of the lead into um, the, the sports store side of things. Um, and in starting up there in Devonport, I got, I got uh, in with a running crew that used to meet up between half past five, six o'clock down at the uh, Cenotaph on the, on the parade down near the um, uh, Elamatta. And yeah, uh, yeah it was uh, quite a, a good crew for banter and uh, encouragement. So it was Mike Gunson. Malcolm Wells, um, Scotty Russell uh, a little bit later, Chrissy Graham, um, and occasionally uh, Woody and uh, Lee Taylor might be out, but generally they started work a bit earlier. So uh, it was uh, those stalwarts that I just mentioned, uh, yeah. Chris, uh, Malcolm and uh, Mick Gunson, uh, I guess that, uh, Johnny Jarman, I shouldn't, shouldn't forget uh, Johnny Jarman, the uh, man with the big feet. And uh, yeah, so we had, we used to you know have a pretty good hit out over ten k generally around yeah. the loop of uh, Ballarat, which you've no doubt uh, trodden a few times. Yeah, 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 just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that was my uh, yeah my lead into to Devonport and the triathlon because all those yeah. three guys that I mentioned, Mick, uh, Chris, and Malcolm, and later on Scotty, uh, they were all members of the Devonport triathlon. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, which had started, I think, in about 1984 or 85. I'm not quite sure of the uh, exact year, but that was about the, the time triathlon was starting to kick off and it had yeah. been staged. Um, you know, they were on the committee with Royce uh, Fairbrother. Uh, so, um, and they encouraged me to join in. So I started doing a few duathlons 
Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so started to enjoy those. And the next step was uh, getting someone to help me with swimming, which yeah. was uh, a bloke called Brian Hill, Ziggy's uh, dad. I don't know if yeah, you remember. Right, okay. Yeah, so Brian and uh, his wife Jane were both uh, very good swimming coaches. Uh, they were involved in the uh, surf club uh, with their son Ziggy and daughter. Yeah. Um, and uh, so someone sent me off to, to see Brian uh, for get my stroke uh, going because I, I swam like a broken bottle to start with. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, Brian got me up to a certain level and said, look, I think you need to... Uh, keep going with it you're going well he said but i haven't got the you know the time or the the group he said you really need to join a group he said uh, i reckon your best bets to go and uh, talk to vic walton oh yes so, yeah. uh, I, did, I did the first couple of years just uh not not in a group and then i think i might have joined um uh rex hills mob for a couple of seasons or a season and then uh, I, uh, yeah then i went and saw Craig uh, Walton's dad, Vic, over at uh, the Alveston swim team, and I sort of stayed with them for quite a few years, you know, yeah. with the likes of, uh, obviously, Craig Walton, Craig Redman, Carl Menzies, um, Josh Cox, um, Dan Norton-Smith. There was quite a good uh, group of swimmers. A couple of the girls, Charlene Best, was as, you know, she was an Australian surf swimmer uh, champion and uh, also board paddler, and thing, uh, they were uh, at the top of their game sort of thing, and Vic uh, was a... Whilst a hard taskmaster, everything that he uh, gave you to do was for a reason. So uh, he was uh, he was a great coach. Yeah, and he, I mean, his son, uh, the people who don't or, or are unaware, yeah, Craig went to the Olympics in Sydney and I think... That's right, yep. World champion medalist maybe as well and Devonport... Yes, Tyson he got again. third in a world championship, yep. Um, yeah. And won quite a few ITU uh, races overseas and... Yeah, his own special style. I mean, he, he recognised that his run was always going to be a little bit uh, under the pump if he uh, didn't make a break for it. So his swim was always his strongest and along with his bike. So he uh, yeah. hammered you know, hammered the swim, hammered the, the bike. If there's anybody who could hang on to him in the swim, he dragged them along on the bike and made them do a bit of work as well. Otherwise, he just uh, got off the bike with uh, quite a substantial lead and said, catch me if you can. Yeah, so, and, and, and he was the best swim like a go, basically in the world at the time wasn't he it was just so strong he could just powder the pedal yeah. yep that's correct yeah very cool yeah, very good. It was my sort of introduction i guess to uh, tries i i probably um waned a little bit on the running after that i still ran quite well but i didn't do that yeah. track to keep the speed you know uh, the top end speed uh, going sort of thing uh, i sort of broke you know broke the uh the two-hour mark a few times in the Olympic distance uh, tries, which is a bit of a benchmark if you were going pretty well. Um, yeah. you, know, you still wanted to run off the bike. You needed to be running sub-40 in the age groups that I was in. Um, you know, you, and a few times I got off and ran 34, 35 minutes off the bike after 40K uh, on the bike. I remember um, many doing that, mate. Yeah, so yeah. You, had, you had to have a bit of leg speed. So, yeah, and did you want to explain to the listeners your progression uh, and 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 what events you actually went to and and some of your biggest achievements in triathlon? Uh, as far as the the tries go, um, early days, I suppose I just concentrated on the um, the races around Tassie and then 
I had a, uh, I've still got a, my ex-brother-in-law and ex-sister-in-law live in uh, um, Queensland on the Sunshine Coast. So I usually made a pilgrimage to uh, the Mooloola Bar Triathlon, which I did at least a dozen times, I guess, uh, over the years, either the Olympic distance one or later on the uh, half Ironman that they had. So uh, it was always good to catch up with them and I had a, a base to uh, stay for a few days and do the, do the race. Um, so I enjoyed the, uh, yeah, the pilgrimage to Mooloolabar to start with, but yeah. um, I then, um, I was going okay in my age group, so uh, I got, um, we had a, you know, towards um, my end of Devonport, I suppose probably the last five, six years, I trained quite a bit with uh, Amelia Cox, Craig Redmond, um, Scotty Russell, Susie, um, and we had a good, you know, quite a good uh, group, uh, Craig Doherty. And um, yeah, we used to uh, bounce off each other as far as the, well, Craig Redman obviously had the, uh, the background as far as the coaching, he took on the coaching role. And um, we used to meet at our place quite a bit of a night for uh, our runs or uh, the bike rides, you know, we'd, uh, we'd meet out at his place. But um, so eventually, uh, we uh, were able to um, we'll get pick, picked in the age group teams and travelled to New Zealand uh, one year, went to Mexico in 95, which was a great yeah, Cancun on the Yucatan Peninsula. So I uh, got to see a bit of the, the world as well. Um, yeah. Later on, I did uh, long course race in Spain in Vittoria Gastes, um, which was great. And we that, that year, we there was about... Uh, Half a dozen of us, I guess, from either the Northwest or Tassie that went to Victoria Gas Days. And uh, we met up, though, the week before. We did a week's training camp with Amelia and Joe in Morzine in France. So um, yeah. they, uh, they just started up a, a bit of a triathlon training group um, in Morzine and running camps there. So that was great to catch up with them as well as uh, climb some mountains on the bike and uh, get the legs... Uh, yeah, going ready for the, the race the next week. So, yeah, um, and you 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 had a really good performance at home, didn't you? I think was it WA in the World Age Group Championships? You had one of your best performances. Uh, no, it was actually New Zealand, um, New Zealand in Queens, yeah. Queenstown. Yeah, uh, two thousand and three, I got fourth in the World Age Group Championships. Uh, I was twenty three seconds, I think, outside of the the. Uh, Three first three place getters, so well, yeah. third place. So, um, yeah, I was pretty happy. I, I uh, didn't have a great swim, but I had a really good bike and really good run. The, um, the swim probably let me down. I cramped, but the water was that cold in Lake Hayes. Um, it was only about 15, 14, 15 degrees, and uh, yeah, when you got out of the water, it was quite a steep run up out of the lake to your bike, and uh, I had to do some stretches before I could even get on the bike because my legs, my hamstrings were cramping. So, yeah, when, wow. yeah but then once I got going, I was, uh, I pegged a few back, but um, that, that same season, so that, that was sort of December 2003, um, 2004 culmination of the season was Mooloolabar, which was the Australian Championships, and uh, I won my age group uh, 45 to 49 at Mooloolabar yeah, that year, so... I'd previously got third uh, a couple of years earlier, and uh, yeah, so it was nice to get a, 
get a win and that um I'll finish up winning the series for the year as well um, with the double points for the uh, the age group championship. So right. uh, yeah, so that was good. No, and that and the the travelling and, and and the racing. What do you think you got out of that most of all? I mean, have you got friendships now that you still speak to people that you've met overseas or? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, um, in general, I mean, athletics as well as the uh, uh, triathlons. Yeah, you, you do meet a lot of people through uh, uh, through those clubs in the early days, like P Triple C and LAC. Whilst I haven't caught up with, uh, I've lived over here now for ten years, so I haven't seen a lot of uh, people um, that I'd like to catch up with again. But uh, I'll have to wait till this COVID nineteen uh, dissipates. Um, so uh, it'd be great to catch up with you, to be honest, mate. I, I think we're well overdue for a run or something. Yes, yes, I've uh, I've earmarked a few courses here in the bush. Uh, for you, yes. <laughs> uh, so you need to get over here. But, um, I, um, I guess um, over the years, as far as friends, too many to name, but catching up wherever you go in the world, uh, having travelled to most states in Australia, um, and then Spain, France, Mexico, Canada, um, and trips, three trips to, to New Zealand. So um, yeah, and I've got people I look forward to uh, catching up with. Um, Recent trip to Canada in two, or most recent 2018, uh, that was great. Um, to the half Iron Man at Whistler, um, you know, heard so much about Whistler, but uh, seeing it in the, I don't know whether I'd be any good on the ski fields, but uh, certainly uh, on the, um, the the swimming in the the lake and the uh, the mountains around you with snow-capped mountains, even at, you know in the middle of summer, you still got snow up on the the high peaks, so it's uh, spectacular scenery. Got to go for a couple of runs. We were staying at a little farm um, in the Rocky Mountains and uh, going off for a you know twenty odd k uh, bush run just on uh, just before dusk. Um, and I thought, oh, I reckon this is my best chance to see some of the wildlife. And uh, wasn't too far up the track, and uh, yeah, I spotted a couple of bears. Uh, made oh, sure that uh, <laughs> yeah, so bears, elk, um, coyote. Yeah, so uh, just totally different to what we expect well, here. That's the thing, isn't it? You, um, well, I, I had a similar experience in the UK. I can't think what it was. It was some some animal I hadn't seen. It was awesome, and the people I was running with we were like, "Oh, okay, just another animal." Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, probably come natural for the. I mean, the place that we stayed, we were sitting having breakfast there one morning, and you know, bears just wandering through the yard, just picking a few berries off the tree and kept on going. <laughs> so, uh, you know, well, I want to be between them and the cubs, though. They reckon they fire up if you get between them and their cubs if they're uh, if the females have got cubs. Yeah. Generally, they're in a, it's just as big a hurry to get out of your way as what you are to get out of theirs. Absolutely. And and you've touched on your involvement in Talais and, and Oliver's performance sport and cycle sports shop. First of all, I'm going to ask, what did you enjoy most about this job and then the job that you're actually doing now? Yeah, well, um, my ex-wife, uh, Jude, and I, uh, we had 17 years. Uh, so between 1987 and 2000 and uh, would have been March 2005, I think, when we sold. Um, might have been May 2005, I think it was sold. Uh, but um, certainly enjoyed uh, the clientele as far as our good customers, the repetitive customers, generally a lot of them, the runners from P C or the LAC ventured down from Launceston 
Uh, they knew that I was mixed up in athletics, I guess, and we had a good um, good group of staff that had uh, a broad range as well, either in um, athletics or basketball, uh, squash, netball, all that sort of thing, uh, which helped. So we had some good, faithful, uh, loyal uh, you know, uh, people that worked for us. Terea, I think, worked 14 or 15 years, Terea Kelly, uh, yeah. who a lot of people down the coast would know and has run with the, the PCCC. We also had uh, Vicky uh, Gow, who worked for us for about 14 years as well. Um, she was uh, very good with uh, squash uh, or the racket sports. So Vicky was uh, you know, great and she was a, a stable thing. We had Heath Radai, Heath uh, is down the northwest there in Devonport still. Uh, uh, I've kept in touch with him uh, the last couple of months. Uh, I hadn't spoken to him for a while, but uh, Chris McCoy, some, some of those people that have had a big background in, uh, in either basketball or uh, sports in general along the coast, that, that helped. But uh, I always look forward to especially seeing the, the runners come in the door uh, yes. that uh, you, know, you saw them on a, a Saturday or a Sunday at LAC or, uh, or PCCC sort of thing. And um, yeah, so it was good. You, you generally remembered what size shoe they, uh, they bought last time and what <laughs> their preferences were. And, uh, have a good old chin wag. Um, one of my favourite uh, runners uh, uh, from along the northwest, the uh, Lloyd Phoebe, and uh, I always just look yeah. forward to Lloyd and Marlene uh, venturing across during the week uh, to have a bit of a chin wag and a cuppa. And uh, yeah, so uh, Lloyd, uh, I ran with in uh, one of the Three Peaks races one year, and uh, um, sometimes. Uh, you remember some of the uh, your good runs, and then um, I had to replace Lloyd at, at a last minute's notice. Uh, a couple of years later, he'd uh, teamed up with Viv Woodward to run, yeah, right. and um, he'd come down with the flu or injury or something. And um, they rang me two weeks out, I think it was, and said, "Oh, you'll be right, you'll be right." But uh, Woody wore me out before we got to Strasleki, so. Uh, <laughs> He had to finish up tucking me into a sleeping bag because I got the hot and cold shivers and then I'd, uh, I'd gone gaga halfway up Mount Streslecki. Oh, so, poor man. Yeah, so that's uh, one of the downsides, I guess. Uh, you always remember a couple of bad runs, but uh, there's more memorable uh, good runs, I guess, that you, you can uh, remember that uh, you build it up again. Yeah. Oh, I, I know personally... One of my greatest memories of living in Devonport was going to visit Steve at Oliver's. And we, and we used to have the old once a week or twice a week chat, didn't we, mate? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, always look, I, look, I used to look forward to the runners and uh, what they've been up to, how, yeah. they, you know, how they're trained. A lot of the fellas at Peter will say, hey, you're moving? Oh, I haven't been doing much together. That was <laughs> a bit of a mask, I think. Uh, they've usually been doing something. And uh, I, I, I actually listened uh, to... Hayden Bishop and uh, Smithy. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, one of your previous. Uh, what's name? I thought I better listen, listen intently here to see what uh, I'm up against here as far as uh, <laughs> keeping the flow of the show going. But uh, yeah, I was uh, heartened to see Greg still enjoying his uh, his running, and uh, he's I think he's a few years younger than me. But uh, Greg was a, a great stalwart for uh, not only Devonport but uh, also P Triple C and other races that he's uh, he's buried himself in and uh, I, I had some great tussles with uh, Greg on the road uh, he generally bested me but uh, I think I had him for top end speed in some of the shorter races but yeah, okay. uh, 
he was a very good endurance man. Um, yeah, so uh, he's marathons and half marathons and Ironmans that he did. Uh, he was always a tough competitor in those. Yeah, he was. Um, like you said, he's just one of these guys I think he'll be running till he can't run, mate. But yeah. 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 And what are, you, what are you up to now with work-wise? Did you want to tell the listeners that? Yeah, well, as, as I said, um, 2005 um, was a tough year. Um, emotionally, I guess, as well as uh, mentally, um, we started to have a few tough years in the sports store and um, we made a decision that we'd probably get out and uh, also in getting out, um, Jude and I uh, parted company. So um, it was a... Yeah, it was an amicable party um, and I'm grateful, I guess, that we still are able to catch up now and still, uh, you know, whilst it was disappointing, uh, we were married for 25 years and Matt and Andy uh, were very supportive through the, uh, you know, they were old enough, I guess, to understand. But uh, anyway, uh, we've obviously both moved on and uh, I, um, I joined the police back in 2005. Nick Clark, who's a Devonport boy, uh, was working in Devonport at the time uh, in the police. So Nick encouraged, he used to come into the shop a bit and uh, he encouraged me to think about the police and he was working at the time. I don't know whether he was working in, in Devonport at the time, but with another bloke who's a sergeant in uh, CI in uh, Launceston now, Paul Turner. And Paul was mixed up in the triathlons and things, so I knew Paul as well, well they were both doing tries. But um, so um, they got in my ear and said, you want to give it a go? So uh, I remember uh, in the sports store days, uh, we had the odd shoplifter um, and I used to think it was a bit of a game. You'd see someone take something and then they'd take off out the door and I thought, here we go, here's another run. (laughs) So so, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I moved into the police and um, found my niche there. um, And... I was in the Tassie Police for, for five years till 2010. And then um, I'd been in a relationship uh, for about 18 months um, from 2000, late 2008. Um, and I was doing the uh, interstate travel on my days off to come and catch up with uh, my now wife, Michelle. Uh, Michelle had worked in Tassie for 11 years. So, um, she was prosthetist and orthotist, which if you lisp, it's not too good. But um, yeah, so prosthetics and orthotics, so artificial limbs and braces for yep. um, anybody who may have had an amputation or uh, orthotics for either feet, for arms, for, you know, for whatever's been broken and needs bracing. And um, yeah, it can be anything. Right. People think of orthotics just as, uh, you know, foot orthotics, but it's quite a broad uh, thing. You know, it can be neck braces, it can be arm braces. Uh, you know, they're all classed as orthoses. So, okay. um, yeah, and she looked at, Michelle looked after my uh, dad at, uh, back in 2004, um, July 2004. Dad had had a uh, serious car accident and his leg had to be amputated a few weeks after the uh, accident. They couldn't save it. They tried repairing it, uh, but he had something like 50-odd breaks to different bones through his body, so his leg was just shattered. Uh, But Michelle made his prosthetic limb, and um, 
think, looked after him with uh, that side of things for nearly five months he was in hospital. So uh, that's how I uh, got to know Michelle, uh, I guess, back then. And uh, also, um, as far as the uh, police goes, it was a sort of uh, progression, I guess, to leave Tassie Police because I was doing the interstate trips. I asked if I could do the transfer or uh, at least have some recognition for my year's service, which they agreed to. So uh, my service was um, uh, absorbed by Vic Pohl uh, from TAS Police and carried my super and everything over. And um, I joined Victoria Police in um, uh, March or April, I think it was, uh, 2010. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a sad day, I guess, uh, packing up the old Mitsubishi Ute and uh, driving under the spirit of Tassie and uh, uh, the guy, the training crew, uh, farewelled me out the head of the river uh, out at the, at the head of the Mersey, uh, yeah. yelling out to me as I was uh, waving from the, the balconies <laughs> of the spirits. And uh, yeah, I sailed off to Victoria, uh, you know, for the change, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you've, oh, I, I just know how caring person you are and some of my battles over the years and, and, and how good you've been to me. So I think you've chose, chosen the right profession there, mate. You'd be a great cop. Thanks, thanks, Brian. I, I, I certainly enjoy the work. It is um, it is gratifying that, that you do uh, meet some people who you you uh, enjoy helping and you see them progress. And uh, there's some that um, you shake your head and you think, I don't think I can do much with this person. But um, there's always uh, you can you just keep trying, I guess. And uh, yeah, lately, since. Um, February, I think it was 2010, I uh, moved to just south of Ballarat. So I'm out, out near the uh, one of the forests south of Ballarat. And okay. uh, beautiful spot, 25 minutes into work um, for me now. I was travelling up to Ararat, which was 120k. But um, yeah, that's stressful. Yeah, I'm not, not doing that. was pretty arduous. I did that for uh, three to four years. And um, yeah, I had, had a bit of a break in between. I did... Um, about two and a half years and then another year and a half just recently. Uh, um, and I'm currently uh, an investigator with uh, the Offender Management Division, which might not mean much to people, but generally dealing with people that have finished their um, prison sentences um, and they've um, trying to assimilate back into society. They might be still on a parole bond or they might be on obligations because of the offences that they uh, committed, or they might be on orders uh, by the, you know, by a county court judge that says, you know, you must do A, B, C, D. Otherwise, if you're in breach of these, you're back over, you know, back to prison. Um, so it's, um, as I said, it's quite rewarding. Sometimes some of them make it, sometimes they're, uh, you know, back to their old ways and some of them just can't. Uh, help themselves, but um, I find it quite rewarding. It's uh, yeah. It, it's, it's I'm, I'm in a um, non-uniform um, unit, so we've got non no uniform. Uh, it's just um, and covert cars, if you like, unmarked cars. So uh, yep. if uh, they won't know most of the time that we're uh, that we're looking at them. So um, I, f I find it quite a good, the, uh, yeah, it's a detective investigator's job. So yeah. uh, um, I, I'm enjoying that at present. And as I said, it's, it's nice now, 20 to 25 minutes home. It's uh, put 
two hours back in my day that I can uh, do a bit of training. Um, yeah. So, uh, or uh, catch up on chores around uh, around the farm here. Well, I call it a farm. It's twelve acres. Yeah. Um, Michelle's got five horses. So, okay. um, yeah, that uh, keeps us pretty busy as far as uh, looking after them. And uh, I've got a couple of dogs that uh, keep me busy uh, with training. They're uh, good training partners. They'd love it too. Sorry? They definitely love it as well, I reckon. Oh, not. they do, yeah. Um, yeah. We've got Border Collies, so. Uh, oh, they're made um, to run. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're made to run. They. Uh, if they get too bored, they'll start digging holes and start pulling the, the garden apart. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you've got to make sure every day uh, uh, there's a reminder they're at the door uh, they're, they'll, or they'll go and find a ball and drop it at the door <laughs> as if to say, you better come and throw this for me. And, yeah, yeah so. cool. But you, so you touched on your son, Andy and Maddie. Did you want to talk a little bit about uh, I suppose what they're doing now and, and their journey in triathlon and, and exercise and some of the events that you've done together? Yeah, um, Matt's uh, a physio living in Brisbane now and has been up there for, for um, oh, quite some time. Matt, Matt finished at St Brendan's uh, around 2000, year 2000 and had a year overseas in the Netherlands um, with a host family over there, which he thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but Matt came back, did, uh, he's done two uni degrees um, and finished up as a physio uh, probably about 2010. So he's nearly got 10 years up, uh, I guess, um, as far as that goes. Might be, two, might be 2011 he finished his uh, physio degree, but he's got um, two sons from his um, uh, previous relationship and he got married uh, back, about three years ago to uh, Natalie, who had two daughters from her first relationship. So they've got a bit of a Brady Bunch going there. They've got uh, <laughs> two boys, two girls. They're um, uh, about 11 and 10, I think they are now. The, the two 11-year-olds are just about to tick over 12, So uh, whereas the 10-year-olds are still only just 10, I think. Yeah, but, um, yeah so they're a um, pretty busy family. Um, Natalie's an accountant and business manager. Uh, with a um, civil engineering firm, and wow. um, and Matt's obviously busy with uh, physio, and he's now got a couple of people working with him—an exercise physiologist and a part-time wow. physio as well. So he started up on his own after his first few years um, in um, rehab companies. Yeah, so he enjoyed that; it was a good grounding. But um, he's had now a couple of years working on his own, and started off small as far as uh, just doing everything himself but um, he's got the stage now that he needs a bit of help he's got uh, work coming in that um, he can't physically get to so he's got uh, as I said an exercise physiologist once Matt's consulted with the person who needs the physio he can sometimes push them out to the exercise physiologist for ongoing uh, remedial work yeah okay um, Matt's That's still heavily my business yeah, yeah. Matt's Matt still enjoys his running. Uh, obviously, it's a big part of his life as far as lifestyle goes. Uh, you know, physio um, is a pretty active job, and that's what people look look to a physio to be. You know, someone who can help them with their fitness and health sort of thing. So uh, Matt's enjoyed the triathlons over the years, and recently, or a few years ago now, he did the Ironman at Port Macquarie, 
Uh, he's done a couple of halves, I think, at Port as well. And Malula Bar again, he competed. Uh, that New Zealand trip uh, that I, I did back in 2003, that was a great trip. Um, a few of us flew to Dunedin and hired a big uh, Ford Econovan and uh, there was about six of us, I think, that were all competing, including Matt um, yeah, wow, okay. and quite a few others. Clinton Pentland, you remember Clinton? Yeah, I do. Yeah, Clinton, yeah, uh, Clinton was there, uh, Timmy Smith, uh, Joe Gambles. So, um, yeah, it was a good good crew. Craig Doherty and uh, Tracy came with us. So we had a good uh, bus trip. It was, you know, went from Dunedin and we drove right through to Queenstown and um, all competed or some of them were spectators. But, uh, yeah, so it was, uh, that was a great, great trip. But Matt's kept up with that. He's now umpiring with the um, QAFL, or I think that's the Quaffle, um, which is the league just under the AFL um, so they do the secondary, all the like Southport and um, Palm Beach, all those uh, Gold Coast teams, plus the Aps, is it Asp, Aspley or Apsley, and a few other uh, Broad Beach and places like yeah. that that they play in that secondary tier level. But Matt's still in the bound round him, but um, he's he probably looks like a footballer. He's sort of six foot two and yeah. ninety kilos, but he, he he still moves pretty well. Oh. I just remember Matt and Andy training with Mick. Some of my best memories are with those two. They're two funny blokes. So we had a lot of fun and banter and, yeah, it was just good times. Yeah, yeah, I can remember those days. I mean, Mick, uh, yeah. Mick's been around the running scene, obviously, in Devonport for, for quite some time. I mean, I started with uh, with Mick way back then, but uh, yeah. uh, when, you know, back in 87, when we, 87, 88, when we uh, moved to Devonport, so... Uh, it's uh, quite a few years ago now, um, but Andy still enjoys his running. He and uh, his wife, Belinda, they've got a little girl. They live in Launceston, so uh, Belinda's a teacher out at Cressy, and um, their daughter's 15 months old. Uh, Andy and Belinda love the park runs, so they're both kicked to the park runs, but now one of them's got to push uh, little Emilia uh, yeah. along as well, but it won't be too long. Uh, Andy did send a, uh, a lovely little video clip of Emilia inspecting the uh, St Leonard's Athletics track there one night. Uh, oh, look out. <laughs> yeah, she's up and, up and walking uh, quite early. She was only 10, 10 and a half months, I think, and she was up walking. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but she's bending down to inspect the St Leonard's track to see uh, what, uh, what sort of surface it was. So, yeah. it won't be too long. She'll be uh, doing her own park runs, I reckon. And and with being a grandfather and stuff, uh, what, what's that like? Because I know that Matt's children, they run quite well, don't they? Are you are you going to be a pushy granddad or do you reckon they'll just go into it because it's something that you did and Matt did and Andy did type thing? No, I, uh, I just enjoy uh, seeing them active is the, is the main thing, Brian. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter what sport they do as long as they, they enjoy it. Casper um, and India, Matt's two boys, uh, They've always done a little bit of running and um, Matt doesn't push them into it though. He just yeah. has for them to, uh, to uh, you know, go along. But they enjoy a bit of footy, a bit of cricket, a bit of soccer. They've, they've had a bit of a go at everything, which is what Matt and Andy did as well. And they, they will find their niche. They'll, um, yeah. they'll find their level at uh, what they enjoy. Um, Casper is quite quick and I don't you know it's... Early days, he's uh, he'd be coming up twelve in 
August, I think it is. And um, yeah, so he'll be 12, but he's already running, you know, over one and two Ks. He, he runs 330 kilometer posts. So yeah. Uh, he, yeah. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> the last couple of years, you know, he's been running that quick for the last couple of years, but uh, yeah, you go up to stay. Uh, pa, do you want to come for a run? Oh, I don't think Pa will be able to keep up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe five, 20 years earlier. But no. <laughs> yeah, I did do a 5K. The year that Matt did the um, uh, Port Macquarie Ironman, he was only about eight, I think, Casper, uh, and he right. got me... He got me to run, he wanted me to run the 5K. I, was, you know, I thought I wasn't that keen for him to run 5K, but he was keen. So uh, we just uh, kept a bit of a lid on it and uh, he charged off up the road and left me way behind, but uh, <laughs> I gradually wore him down. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, had, he kept a bit of sprint for the uh, home straight. So, yeah. That's awesome, mate, and you must be really, really proud of them. Yeah, I, uh, I just wish we could uh, catch up. I was speaking with Matt last night, and obviously with uh, a little bit of a spike in the uh, COVID-19 cases here again in Victoria, it's going to be a little bit longer, I guess, uh, before the uh, other borders are open to the Victorians to uh, go anywhere. So uh, um, the Matt, Matt and Nat and the, uh, the two girls as well, Summer and uh, Tani, and Casper uh, and Indy, obviously, they were all going to come down at Easter time, but that got canned. And then I spoke to Matt uh, about a fortnight ago, and he was hopeful that the second week of um, the school Queensland school holidays, that which was sort of July, early July, uh, he'd be able to come down. But it looks like uh, they're going to defer it a bit longer now. So uh, yeah, uh, and again with um, Emilia in Tassie, we were supposed to catch up with. Um, uh, Andy and Belinda at a wedding in uh, the Hunter Valley for Andy's cousin and my nephew but uh, the Tassie borders were already closed so if they left and went to the wedding they would have had to self-isolated uh, on the return journey so um, they didn't come along with quite a few other Tassie people that would have been at the wedding but uh, that was a bit sad we missed out on Emilia's first birthday uh, which we were looking forward to but I'm sure there's uh, quite a few to come. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think oh, I'm like like you, mate. Well, like anyone, we don't we don't know when things will open back up. It'd be great when they finally do. Um, that's for sure. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. Back back to the running, mate. You've and triathlon even as well. So for all your triathlon listeners, um, what's some of the biggest advice you you like to dish out to someone? Um. Yeah, I guess uh, if anybody who's just starting out, you know, it's, it's very important base uh, to start with sort of thing. You can never never do too much uh, longer, slower stuff um, and get that base really big. Um, I think, um, you know, if you're starting to save for a house, uh, the bank manager won't want to talk to you unless you've got uh, something in the, in the bank. So you try going to the bank and you haven't been making any deposits. He doesn't want to see you until you've got something in there. And it's the same. You can't draw on anything uh, training-wise uh, if you haven't got a, a great base to, to work from. Uh, and I remember uh, listening to Greg uh, Smith about his marathon. I mean, Greg was someone you ran into very, very often on that athletics track uh, 
at uh, Devonport and as Woody and Lee Taylor, those fellas, they were out putting the hard yards in and uh, yeah, you quite often saw them and that's why they got the results. You, you're not going to, uh, you know, you only get out of a sport what you, uh, what you put into it, I guess. Um, I think you need to set an achievable goal. Don't, uh, I mean, sometimes people set, you know, way up in the sky, but, um, you know, at least aim above the treetops because if you don't aim uh, above the treetops, you're not going to get off the ground. But, uh, um, yeah, so set something that's achievable. If it's a distance that you, you know, if you want to run the Bernie 10 or you want to run the Launceston 10 or wherever you're, you're aiming on doing, you know, make sure you break that goal down. If you, you might want to just, just achieve the distance. Uh, so um, you might not set yourself a, a target time, and sometimes target times can be disappointing if you if you don't meet them. But uh, if you do get to a stage where you think you can run a bit quicker, that's when you need to you know break those distances down. As you know, you you need to start running repetition, either kilometres or 500 metres, or uh, even you know if you want good leg speed, you need to be running twos and fours uh, and um, sort of have those floating laps, if you yeah. like, so uh, to uh, get your leg speed as well as your endurance kicking in. Yeah. So that's, that's the sort of thing there. I guess, um, above all, make sure you enjoy what you're doing. It's something, you know, it uh, becomes too much of a task if, uh, if you're not actually enjoying it. And I know you probably reflect on this a bit, but um, uh, it's great to have good people around you when you're training. Uh, yeah. And I remember those days training with Gunner and and um, Malcolm and uh, anybody else that came out with us, uh, Johnny Jarman. Um, it was great to, you know, a bit of banter, a bit of... The mileage just, you know, goes by without you knowing it because you're having a bit of a chinwag most of the time. Um, yeah. Occasionally, uh, you'll even find that one of the silly uh, people uh, ramped the speed up a bit and you can't talk any longer. But, <laughs> and I, I can reflect uh, going back quite a few years ago, Andrea uh, Rippon uh, was running quite well in the women's uh, races. And Andrea, you know, she could run a 34-minute 10K when she was running her best. And, um, and there was you know, a few ladies like that uh, around uh, the northwest coast as well as Tassie. And she was a tough competitor and uh, Andrea turned up and Andrea could talk and uh, I don't think she'd hold any grudges for me. Uh, but uh, I think Malcolm and uh, Mick wanted to, uh, um, you know, to hurt it quieten off a little bit. So uh, they ramped the speed up and Andrea was quite up to the challenge. And I think it was Mick and Malcolm that might have uh, uh, been silenced eventually. <laughs> so. Yeah, right. <laughs> um. There's actually another story about this. You've haven't you got? Didn't you go for a run with uh, Deke? Didn't Deke come over and he ramped up a run one day? Do you want to tell that story? Yeah. That well, um, well, we haven't mentioned uh, Dee Chettle. We yeah. uh, this uh, program shouldn't go uh, without mentioning uh, Dave. Um, first met. I didn't. I knew of David uh, before coming to Devonport and. Uh, I didn't know a lot of it. I knew that he was obviously an Olympic runner and uh, obviously uh, excelled at uh, middle distance over the years. Coached by Max Cherry there at one stage uh, from Hobart. And uh, Dave used to do the Friday nights into the uh, uh, Tallahassee and later on Oliver's sports uh, 
uh, with a few bags of different lollies that he'd got from uh, the chocolate shop up the road. Uh, give Dan was a bit of a plug there. So uh, anyway, uh, Dave always used to come in. It used to be great. We used to look forward to him Friday night, six o'clock, Dave would be in. Most people started to cotton on that, you know, if you got down to Oliver's at six o'clock, you get chocolates. So, and but it was a good chance to catch up with Dave and, uh, you know, have a few stories about running. And uh, Dave was good friends and obviously ran in a fair bit with uh, the great man, Rob DeCastella. And um, he said, oh, I don't know whether you blokes want to know uh, or whether you want to have a run with Deke, but he's coming over this weekend. We're going fishing and uh, um, he, he wants to fit in a long run. So, uh, we said, oh, right, we'll have to do the Ironman. So, uh, and uh, for those that uh, don't know, the Ironman is the 25K course out at uh, Forth. Uh, starts at the footy ground or the primary school there in some years. But, uh, yeah, so uh, we uh, all fronted up out there. I think we might have parked over by the uh, Forth Hotel this year. We didn't use the actual official start line, but we, we, uh, we parked there. And, uh, yeah, we, there was a group of uh, Malcolm, Mick Gunson, myself, Scotty Russell, um, Deeks, obviously, Chet, and uh, there might have been a couple of others. But uh, it was great to, yeah, to, to run around that, uh, oh, we call it iconic, I suppose, the course that a lot of PCCC people uh, uh, have enjoyed over the years. Um, our um, Talais and Oliver's went on and sponsored the uh, PCCC race for a number of years uh, and uh, it thoroughly enjoyed it. I, um, I noticed uh, Greg uh, mentioned the, uh, the Iron Man on his uh, uh, show the other day with Hayden. And uh, yeah, but anyway, getting, getting back to, um, uh, we took a few photos and that of uh, running with uh, Deke and everything. And uh, it was only the next week that uh, uh, a man, uh, a great coach, uh, great, uh, great mind, I should say, Mike Gunson. He comes into the squad store and said, um, "Do you reckon I get some of those photos off you that from our run on the on the weekend with Deke?" I said, "You took some photos." <laughs> yeah, he said, "But my camera never had any film in it." I'm actually seeing Mick tonight, so I might actually mention that. <laughs> yeah, just ask him, has he got any of those, those photos from uh, the run with Deke? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we, we all did the 25, and then Deke said, oh, I really need to do a bit more today. He said, I'd like to do about 32. So I was the only one silly enough to uh, run out to the highway from the fourth pub along the river, and then we ran up over Braddon's Lookout, and I got halfway up over Braddon's Lookout, and I was starting to struggle, and uh, he had to hold back and... Uh, I limped home, luckily it was downhill off the uh, Braddon's Lookout, so uh, we finished up with about 30-odd K that day. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. What was that like? Did he talk much? Uh, yeah, he was good. Yeah, good, quite a good talker, Rob. Um, and you know, he enjoyed sharing the, the training run in a beautiful part of the world. He'd, uh, he'd quite often been over to uh, go fishing with Dave up the lakes. I think yeah. they, uh, they shared some... Uh, common interests there as well as obviously the running over the years. Um, Dave was probably getting to the latter end of his career when Rob was sort of into the middle of his. So, uh, but they still, uh, yeah, pretty sharp times. Those fellas uh, used yeah. to run. Yeah, yeah. when you spoke about uh, who, the, who the good runners around Devonport, uh, you know, Dave Chettle, 
uh, obviously Lee and uh, Viv. Um, I, I, I find it funny, uh, I come over here to Ballarat and um, you know, you've got the, obviously, uh, Steve Monaghetti, uh, still you see him running around the track and he's still, you know, he's 55 or 56 year old, I think he is now. Um, he's still, uh, he's going a lot quicker than most people around that lake, even though some of the younger ones, there's a few good young runners, but also um, Frank Shevlin, some of the uh, C runners will remember Frank from uh, um, his Victoria athlete days and he used to come over and run as a part of the Victorian team against the uh, Tassie PCCC team. Uh, they used to have the 5K at the Bluff. Uh, and um, Frank and Viv and Lee were quite often under that 14-minute barrier uh, for, the, for the 5K, which is a pretty good benchmark. Uh, not too many people get under that 14-minute. 14, 14 uh, as we said, Dave Chettle, I mean, uh, his record in Tasmanian athletics... Um, you know, it took 40 years for uh, Stewie McSwain to uh, run the times that David ran uh, 40 years ago. So, uh, um, yeah, it's only just been broken in this last 12 or 18 months. I mean, his, I mean, his marathon time is still, is still standing at test of time, isn't it? I mean, he's still, I think he's number eight on the all-time Australian list now. So, yeah. Um, I mean, we don't, we didn't really, I mean, I, I say this to people who I run with, yeah. We don't realise how good this guy is, and he's just so unassuming character, isn't he? Yes, yeah, very quiet and unassuming. Yeah, um, yeah. Great, uh, great wit, um, yeah, and very knowledgeable on athletics in general, especially the historic stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I still remember his favourite, uh, I think it was more of a trick question uh, <laughs> for those uh, runners, you know, who ran the first four-minute mile? Oh, you, uh, oh, the guy from Great Britain, um, 1954. Can't Ro remember his name. Yeah, but most people say Roger Bannister. Yeah, right, okay. But he, he was the first person to break it. So if yeah. you ask, ask Chet, it's Derek Ibbotson. He ran 4000. So he ran oh, the first right. four minute mile. <laughs> that's a good, that's a, yeah. A good right. trivia question, yeah. aren't Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've never thought of that, eh? Yeah, 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 and, and and I know that he loves his athletics because he goes with uh, Gunner to the World Champs. I think they've been three or four times now as well. Yeah, they went to Doha uh, last time, I think, uh, from memory. And then yeah. uh, David uh, enjoys catching up uh, with obviously his uh, son and daughter that are in the states. Um, I believe Kate works as a um, industrial chemist for the shoe manufacturing uh, in Nike in. Uh, Oregon, so uh, she's wow. sort of, uh, yeah, she, she's uh, kept her uh, self in the athletics trade there. Yeah, um, not sure where Mike is uh, now, um, but uh, he's in the US as well. You weren't aware, uh, Mikey's son and 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 Kate, wasn't it? They're both. Yes, pretty, that's correct. They're they're pretty great runners themselves as well. So yeah, both have represented uh, Tassie, and um, I think. Mike, uh, when he was working for the taxation department in Melbourne, he was uh, quite high up in the athletics uh, um, scene over in Melbourne, which was always, you know, he's a, a sub 30 minute uh, 10K runner and a sub 14 for, for 5K. So, uh, yeah, quite, uh, quite swift. And yeah. Kate was a very good swimmer. Could have probably gone on and done a few triathlons, but uh, I think she did do a few, but uh, she could have uh, got right into it, but uh, she was quite a good runner and very good swimmer. 
Uh, I'm not sure how she went on the bike, but uh, bike riding's uh, an acquired uh, you know, time in the saddle will get you uh, a good time if you're uh, prepared to do the work. I yeah. guess it's the same with any, anything, but... Um, yeah. Absolutely, you get what you put in, don't you? I think, well, yeah. Yeah. well, one of your tips, I think that's brilliant. And like, that's a brilliant analogy that you, well, I'd never heard of that before, putting money in the bank. Don't have any money, you can't, you can't withdraw, can you? That's it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you know, as far as when you, you mentioned about running, uh, one of the other tips one of my uh, coaches uh, gave me, he said, make sure you just bury yourself in the hills. Um, so especially with triathlon, you know, go and do ride some hills or if you're you know, and running, there wouldn't be too many runners uh, in Devonport that were around Viv and uh, Lee's era that didn't go and do at least one session out in the hills with some hill repeats. Yeah, the Nickel Street, uh, Nickel Street Hill up the back of St Brendan's there. Probably wouldn't worry about uh, too much. What's the, the one that goes past the front of... Oh, there's uh, North Street, Brendan's. James Sorry? Street. Uh, there's North Street, North, James Street. Yeah, North Street, yeah. Well, no, no, James Street, James Street. They're, they're a bit too steep. You want something that's achievable, but still going to, I think, uh, stretch you out a bit sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. We've actually, uh, well, we've actually got a little loop now. It's named after Lee Taylor. We call it the Lee Taylor Special. Yeah. And it's, it's a 3.8-kilometre loop, and it takes all those hills in. The yep. reason why we named this is because he, he showed me one night, and he goes, do this, do this. And it, it is one of the hardest runs you'll ever do in training. Yeah so, yep. so the great man's got a uh, a loop named after him anyway. <laughs> oh that's great. Yeah. And your kind of see you touched on your operation earlier. Where are yep. you with that and exercise at the moment? Um well as I said I had the operation um back in November. So they um I had a 35 centimetre open surgery cut. So um and they replaced the two bad pieces of artery with Dacron. Uh, so that had to be replumbed, if you like. Um, so they moved all your uh, inners to one side and then, uh, yeah, so <laughs> took, uh, I think I had a week in hospital. I lost quite a bit of blood uh, during the operation, which had to be recycled. Um, and I was on the table for a bit longer than anticipated. Um, and it's only recently the doctor said, I haven't done an operation like that. He said, that's the first time. <laughs> I'm glad he told me uh, after and not, uh, <laughs> not before. But uh, anyway, um, the first, probably first month, there wasn't a lot other than a bit of a shuffle and a bit of a walk around the back paddock. Um, I started swimming again uh, after Christmas, I think, uh, this year. So we had the, after, um, yeah, got through the new year and then um, I went back to just doing a little bit of light swimming and walking in the, the water and I'd started doing a little bit of uh, um, extended walks through the bush here at the back of our property. So that, um, that took um, a bit of getting, getting going, if you like. Um, by the end of January, I was sort of up to uh, uh, jog walking 5K and um, my swimming had got back to about two kilometres, but no, I wasn't trying to push anything as far as um, the, re well, when I say not push anything, but um, I just wanted to keep moving sort of basically. I've now, I've been back at work. Uh, I started back on a part-time basis, um, first or second week of February, I think it was. So I've been off um, for two and a half months. 
and um, I started back just on four hour days. Um, and instead of traveling to Ararat, which I had been doing, I relocated uh, to Ballarat into a same division, but uh, just a different unit that I was working out of. So, uh, um, and I sort of gradually stepped up my uh, job walks to, I completed it, well, I did a couple of the park runs. I'd never done park run before. I'd sort of gone along and watched Andy and Belinda and uh, Matt and the kids up in Brisbane. But um, park run uh, wasn't around when uh, I first started in athletics. Yeah. But, uh, it's so, a thing. <laughs> what's that, sorry? It's so amazing and we're so lucky to have that now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I turned up for a couple at um, uh, Ballarat. Uh, we've got two clubs here or two, two venues. Um, uh, one around the Victoria um, Park which is near the Lake Wendaree where Monas group train, but there's a, there's a good, um, good loop around the park, but the, the park run takes in a part of that loop. And um, there's also another one out of Brown Hill, uh, which is a bit more of a bushy run. They uh, run through a tunnel and everything um, on the old Goldfields um, walking trail. So uh, that's through a bit more yeah. of a bushy area sort of thing, but it's, that's pretty well supported. They, they generally get uh, up to 200 in each of those. And then I, uh, I did a uh, park run down in Melbourne at the end of February with Matt and Andy who had come over for uh, their nephew's uh, Bucks weekend. So uh, uh, we uh, did a park run on the Sunday morning. Um, and uh, yeah, I was quite a bit behind the boys, but uh, Andy uh, took the chocolates on the, uh, on the morning. So, right. <laughs> and what was it? Did you have to buy breakfast? Was that the uh, was that was that the deal, or was it? No, I think we just shared that. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. And so you're you're are you are you progressing well now? Are you are you able to do a little bit more mileage, or is it about the same? Or um, my running's probably the thing that I uh, I've struggled with getting going. Um, swimming, I'm back up to between six to eight kilometers a week. Uh, so two to three K uh, in a session. Um, we had a couple of months out of the pool, obviously with COVID-19. We've got a private 25 meter pool um, and the fellow who coaches or takes our squad, um, Luke Harper, Luke and his wife, Shane Reese were both Australian uh, competitors at a, uh, a Commonwealth and Olympic level. And um, Luke said, well, the pool's here. It's not doing anything. Uh, it's normally used as a learn-to-swim pool. Uh, so um, we've been using that to get going again. So that's been good. Um, Bike-wise, I did 220 kilometres, I think, last week. So uh, just starting to stretch my longest rides out to uh, 70 to 80 kilometres and a few hills. We, um, a friend from work, another police officer, uh, Came with me, we went down the Great Ocean Road last week. Um, I've been on holidays uh, last week and this week. So, um, yeah, we parked uh, Lawn the first day and just rode the coast road for 45 kilometres. And then uh, the next day we were at Apollo Bay. We stayed overnight at Apollo Bay and rode up into the hills uh, to Forest, which is a small um, forestry village. Um, and they do have a quite a good... Uh, um, half Ironman, uh, not half Ironman, half marathon during the winter up there, which is a uh, 
you know, a cross country, uh, rigid edge cross country uh, course, and that's yeah, quite well. popular. They get six, seven hundred uh, people up there for the for the twenty one k, and even more for the for the ten or twelve k, whatever the smaller distances that they have up there. But um, uh, they didn't have it this year, obviously, because of COVID nineteen. And um, yeah, but I found my running. I comfortably get through five or six k. I tried uh, a couple of longer ones recently, and uh, just pulling up a little bit uh, sore. So um, I'm just going to make do with six, seven, eight kilometres. Um, I've started doing some core strength work. They recommended that I didn't try anything too early with the repair on the stomach muscles. Uh, when you've got a 35-centimetre scar, the, the surgeon said, you're not going to have any six-pack. And I said, well, I don't know whether I actually had a six-pack. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he said, so it will take time, he said, for all that to knit, knit up in behind. So, um, and it does, it, it feels tight and uncomfortable at times. Um, yeah. yeah, I ran 10 or 12 uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it took me three or four days before I could uh, run again because uh, I was just too sore. But uh, three weeks ago, I started these core strength exercises that uh, Amelia and Joe uh, Pearson have got on their website for Buzz Performance over in Morzine in France. And I've done a few of their um um, web sessions uh, out in the garage. I've uh, hooked into the the uh, bike rides. If you can't get up at the right time, you can uh, still play the the video link for the next week afterwards. Right. Sort of thing. So uh, that's uh, that's been good. But certainly the core strength stuff is starting to show benefits. My lower back is uh, feeling a lot happier. I think because the muscles are knitting up around that back. So sort I of think so yeah, that's been good. Great. No, I I wish you the best of luck with that, mate. And hopefully you can run a few more k's as well as the biking and swimming. Yeah, um, I haven't really set myself um, any race goals. I think um, I'll be disappointed if I sort of go and enter something and I don't uh, get to that level again. But um, yeah. I heard Greg uh, Smith saying, you know, Greg will keep going until he uh, doesn't enjoy it. And he, it's great that he still enjoys it, but. Uh, I'm happy, uh, just happy getting fitter, and I know I'm, I'm seeing progress. Um, I enjoy Michelle, my wife, uh, isn't into uh, running or bike riding. She's into the horse riding, so uh, I've enjoyed watching her do her dressage and getting her horse fitter. Um, and I see the similarities. You know, in, in setting a goal, she wants to get her horse to the, the highest level it can possibly get to, sort of thing, and. Uh, you know, you see some people turn up, and I'm not knocking those people, but you see some people turn up at the horse events and their horse is, you know, way too overweight or not fit and they're expecting too much out of their horse. But if you put the right, right work into the horse, the horse will be fit. It will carry the rider. Um, yeah. you know, Michelle is enjoying her, her riding. While she doesn't do athletics, she still does her stretching. She, um, she may sometimes sit out on the... Uh, spin bike out in the shed or she'll go for plenty of walks but um riding the uh, horse is quite physical so yeah you know, back paddock we've got a uh, 60 by 20 meter sand arena so right, right. Um, i'm in charge of maintenance on that with the yeah. uh, dragging <laughs> the harrows through the through the arena to make sure it's level and uh, uh in top <laughs> condition for the horse because uh yeah it's no good having a big potholed uh, 
arena that, um, you know, if you have a couple of wet days, it goes to mud. Or if you have a couple of dry days, you've got all these uh, hard, crusty bits underneath the surface that the horse is trying to balance on. Wow. So uh, it's a bit of a, um, you've got to make sure that you, you do the maintenance on that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and recently I, I go to all of Michelle's uh, events um, and I do the, the calling of the tests. So as people that are mixed up in horse events, they'll recognise that the dressage is, uh, you know, it's dancing on the arena to certain moves and uh, some of it's canter, some of it's uh, trotting, some of it's uh, walking, but they've uh, got to get the horse to do it on cue. So yeah. I've enjoyed that. You know, it's all a learning curve for me. Um, and in fact, I've, uh, I've got my own horse uh, now. Um, and right. I had my first ride after the op um just recently and uh that was a, a big win you know i was a bit tentative getting on because i wasn't sure how my stomach muscles would hold up getting on the horse again but uh i haven't ventured too far i hope to get back out in the bush because the horse that i've got he's a very kind horse to me as far as uh he's pretty quiet you just got to watch him he's an ex-eventer so he's used to doing jumps so uh, um you just if you're coming up to a log or a ditch He'll probably want to jump it, so you've got to make sure that you you've got your hands on the uh, on the steering, if you like. So uh, yeah. you don't want to come off. But that's great that you found another interest, mate. And that's 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 awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I have enjoyed it, mate. Yeah, great. And some values, like just closing out on today. But what are some values that you that you live by? Or did you want to say anything else that that you would think the listeners would love to hear as well? Um, well, I guess values, um, I guess treating people as you'd like to be treated, that's one of the things in the policing that um, it makes it easier uh, if you treat people how you'd expect to be treated, it uh, gives you uh, rapport, if you like, with, uh, with those people. And um, as you can appreciate, we, we deal with some difficult customers and we deal with some lovely people. Some people have honestly made a, a bad mistake, an error of judgment, and uh, we move on. Um, uh, if you recognise that they've, uh, you know, they recognise their mistake and they want to, you know, right what they've, uh, what they've done wrong. But um, there's also some people that we still have to show some empathy. Um, some of these characters that we deal with that have just come out of prison, they, uh, they know no other way of living, unfortunately, and. Um, uh, I guess uh, if we can show some sort of empathy, it makes it our, our job easier in dealing with them. Uh, we don't want to be butting heads, if you like, with them every time we, uh, we meet with them. Uh, victims, you certainly have to uh, be empathetic to what's, what's gone wrong in their life, uh, how they've been wronged. And, uh, um, you know, it's no good saying, oh, I know how you feel, because you don't really, you don't know how they feel, but at least show some uh, consideration and uh, interest in, um, in their story. Um, yeah. So uh, that's, that's always helpful. Um, I already mentioned you only get out of, uh, you know, out of your running or your triathlons, what you put into it. So, uh, you know, build that base, plenty of base. If uh, all else fails, go back to square one and build that base because uh, a house is only as good as its foundation. So if you've uh, got a good solid base, you're always going to have uh, that background and, um, I think I heard Greg say you know, when he's approaching marathons and things like that, that uh, he went into them with confidence, obviously, and people like Dave Chettle, Viv, all those people, they, they knew 
uh, as soon as they towed the line that uh, they'd done the done the hard yards, and uh, yeah. that's what gives you the confidence, I guess, uh, in running a good race uh, if you if you know you've done the training. I know when I trained with um, Redders and uh, uh, Scotty Russell and those people, we knew that we'd be competitive at least, uh, um, if not, um, or in Redders' case, uh, of yeah, I used to admire the way he he used to find another gear, Redders. Uh, he uh, quite often would just coast along for training. He'd bust himself when he had to, but uh, he uh, he used to be able to find another gear that some people didn't think he had. But uh, yeah, he, and for a big, thick set chest and shoulders, uh, yeah, he, uh, he used to be able to move uh, quite uh, quite quickly. And yeah. it's, and that's I reckon you can train all day, but some people have a bit of fire when they race as well, don't they, mate? It's a it's a different. I don't know, it's a different type of pain. This is my perspective. It's you can train all you want, but it's not like racing. No, that's, that's right. Yeah, right. Um, you might be a bit light on um, early in the season, but if you've got enough mileage in your legs, a couple of races, and uh, it doesn't take long, and and uh, you're ready ready to fire. I remember one uh, one of my track seasons uh, early days with Bill Collinson. So Bill was the fellow from Launceston uh, who uh, coached us for the umpires, and um, Bill took me under his wing and I had a few years with Billy. And um, I had a shocker um, out at La Trobe and he thought I was ready to, to fire. And um, I had a real bad race and, and I was all down the dumps. He said, look, it's, uh, he said, I, I still reckon you've got the mileage in your legs. You might've just needed that race. And uh, I yeah. fronted up uh, at Devonport uh, um, a couple of days later and I think I finished second to um, Martin Murray. Okay. Uh, Martin won the sixteen hundred at Devonport that night, and then went to Bernie, and uh, I won the novice. Right. And got fourth in the final of the the night mile, uh, the big one. Wow. The night. So I had I, I had some good mileage in my legs, and uh, yeah. it's just so, you know you went from having a real bad race to, uh, but he, you know, he he knew that I'd done the work. He, I just Hadn't freshened up, if you like, so yeah. um, just needed a couple of runs under my belt to for the for the good run to come out. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've had similar experiences. I think race hardness isn't it that first one if you haven't done a bit for a while, it's a bit of shock to the system, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think um, yeah, the day we uh, die is the day we stop learning. So you'll always find out something about yourself or whether you, you're training uh, and. I know Greg touched on this as well. Uh, you know, don't frighten to ask people that have uh, been there and done that. Um, Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, so uh, you, you, you'll find, you know, half a dozen people that will tell you, you know, six different things. But uh, if you can take all the positives out of uh, those six things, it's uh, it's going to help you somewhere down the track, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's it. And it's, it's, it's having a good mentor or someone to, to chat to. And I've been really lucky and... And just for your conversation here, you've been you've been really lucky too. Like I've had Mick Gunson, and you wouldn't get anyone to to go out a runner better than him. So, yep, yep. I could tell you a lot more funny stories about Mick Gunson, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, well, we can go a couple now. I mean, you mate. So. <laughs> oh, I, I remember, I remember we were doing a bit of track work out on the sawdust track out the back of the Devonport pool, and I'm sure you've done a few reps with Mick Gunson out there on the sawdust track. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, Mick 
Mick used to nicely put you down as far as what leg speed you did or didn't have. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know people in glass houses should not throw stones. But uh, Mick wasn't a great sprinter himself. But I remember telling Mick one day that uh, Jacob and Sam Byrne, I don't know if you remember the Byrne brothers, no, uh, Jacob no. and Sam, they were reasonable, uh, pretty good, reasonable athletes and they had a bit of leg speed. And uh, I think I beat uh, Sam up the sawdust track there one night and I quickly... Uh, <laughs> I oh, know. Sorry, I, I think I said I said to Mick, uh, Sam just got over the top of me, and uh, he said, "Well, I don't know whether that's any recommendation for Sam Burns' speed if he got over the top of you." So, yeah, so Mick, Mick wasn't, uh, yeah, wasn't good in the sprint himself. I don't. We used to in those ten k loops of Devonport in the early morning. We used to have the Cess, We used to have the Cess Hendricks sprint down Steel Street towards the. Uh, the um, the intersection there where Seth Hendricks Motors used to be uh, right. on William Street and, and uh, Steel Street. And uh, I can remember Mick Gunston quite often trying to put the chest out and go for it, but not much speed was coming out of those legs. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Like, he used to say to me, he goes, Monzi, you got no speed, you got endurance, no speed. So he didn't have much himself. <laughs> uh, that's it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. One other piece of advice for anybody, always keep yourself tidy. Yep. Keep yourself tidy. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one of my favourite sayings, keep yourself tidy. Yeah, definitely. My dad always used to say it. Yeah, that's some great advice. Uh, thank you so much for your time today anyway, Steve. Yep. It's been fantastic. And I know that I've learnt some stuff and some people you train with and some of your adventures. So I think the listeners will really enjoy this. Yeah, um, I, I know uh, with the COVID-19 situation sort of thing, it's affected uh, everybody right throughout the world. But um, we're probably lucky uh, here in Australia to a certain degree that uh, hasn't uh, touched um, you know, to the extent that some of the other countries have. We've seen all the, uh, the deaths in uh, some of those countries. I feel for those countries, but um, we're lucky here. Um, Michelle and I both work uh, in a... She's in health, uh, I'm in the police, so we've been able to keep working. I know there's a lot of people out there that uh, are seriously affected with uh, no work or uh, their business or livelihood has been you know, decimated. So I feel for those people and I hope that uh, turns around for them. We, uh, we sort of live 400 metres is our nearest neighbour, so uh, we, just, we haven't really noticed uh, too much difference. We go into Ballarat you know, to work and we come home and. We've uh, got the horses and the dogs to uh, to talk to. So, uh, um, but and I got, I went for a bike ride this morning. Saw one car, you know, in thirty yeah, kilometres. So uh, um, I go for a run. You know, again, I ran into somebody the other day. Uh, you know, he was walking his dog, and that was you know, the only person I saw in eight eight kilometres. So uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a pretty quiet uh, place to live. Uh, I enjoy it. Um, We've, we've missed, I guess, not being able to catch up with the grandchildren and uh, Matt and Andy and uh, their wives. But um, I'm sure uh, somewhere down the track it'll all happen again for us. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for the opportunity to, uh, to talk. And I hope, uh, I no, hope uh, some of the listeners uh, out there that I used to run with, I uh, yeah, certainly, uh, if they want to get in touch, uh, I'll... Uh, I don't know whether many of them are on Strava, but um, I yeah. was using Strava until my Garmin's uh, just thrown a wobbly. I'll have to get it serviced, I think, so uh, I won't be on Strava for a little while. 
Yeah, did you want to check out your Strava handle? Are you are you under Stephen Oliver or Steve? Uh, Stephen Oliver, I think. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Oliver. So so check them a follow. They, they might they might be two because I, I started up a new one on my new phone by mistake. Oh so no! Uh, but yeah, if you hit one of the Stephen Olivers, I'll I'll uh, send you a message anyway. So uh, yeah, great, and, and please do reach out to Steve. He's he's a great bloke, gentleman. Um, some of my best memories are, are talking to this guy and going on some runs, and that's something that I can't wait to do with you again. Uh, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, that was Steve Oliver. Thank you so much, mate. Good on you. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for the opportunity. No worries. No worries. I'll, I'll catch you later. I'll talk to you later. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Steve Oliver. I could have spoke to Steve all day. He's a really entertaining guy and has some funny stories. I think you agree. He's an intelligent guy as well. And I just just love hearing his stories. Uh, this was pre-recorded before Victoria had all the COVID-19 cases popping up. So I wish Steve the best of luck and hopefully this hasn't affected him too much and he can get back to some normality in his life. And I wish him the best with his job in the police force. If you did enjoy this podcast, please reach out to Steve and give him a follow on Strava. I know that he would love that. Ah, yeah, Everyday Lines also has a $100 10-week Ross Running Festival programs available. You can purchase these on www.everydaylines.org. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next time, I've been your host, Brian Lyons, and this is the Everyday Lions podcast. Happy running.